I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never said. What's settle. up, everybody? How's it going, Dog Nation? It's Wednesday night, and we are live from inside the Dog Nation studios in blissful Sandy Springs, Palatial, Dunwoody, Georgia, whatever you want to say. Uh, you know, we thought, why not just do a live show every once in a while? We got a Pack to the Gills show brought to you by Kroger, of course. Uh, you guys, you know, if you want to get in there and you want to get your coupons, go to Kroger.com backslash forward slash sign up to get all your five-star digital coupon needs. They'll take care of you. Go Krogering. That's the verb for Kroger I remember all my life growing up. So you guys know what to do with Kroger. Uh, loaded show, big show. We always like to do this. I'm going to try and make sure I take some comments in the middle in it, middle of it because, hey, you know we can. Hello, uh, Dog Nation Facebook. Hello, Dog Nation YouTube. Hello, Dog Nation homepage. If you folks are on Twitch in between your gaming platforms, you want to watch some, watch some Before the Hedges on Wednesday night, have at it, Hoss. But speaking of Hosses, that's what's on my mind. Uh, we have Dog Nation tonight. Uh, and I called it when we were trying to put up this really cool, really cool graphic, really cool name for it, really cool headline. I was like, we got some grown man decisions coming up this week. That's what's going to happen on uh, before what's going to happen in the ne- next 30 days or so. And it's not just college age, college prospects making decisions. We're talking about some grown men. That'll be one of the things we'll start about with our show. That being the big five, you guys know that. The Big Five is kind of that big, chewy center of recruiting news right in the middle of every Before the Hedges program. But before that, we do that quick five where we kind of spout off five things that I I think are really topical, really things that you guys want to know about. First of these is uh, Georgia right now. I think one of the bigger under-the-radar storylines right now for Georgia is Georgia's playing defense on a lot of its core commits. I'm talking about Peyton Woodyard. I'm talking about Ellis Robinson IV. I'm talking about... Um, DeMello Jones. I'm talking about a lot of guys, uh, Jalen A.P. Hayward, that are currently committed to Georgia. They're being wooed. They're being whined. They're being not so much whined, but they're being toured. They're being uh, chauffeured around campuses the whole month of June. And I think a lot of those big Georgia targets, uh, schools are trying to flip them. Schools are trying to say, hey, they got so many players over there. And probably one of the key summer to fall storylines are the dogs making sure that Things stay where they are with Peyton Woodard and his family. Things stay where they are with Ellis Robinson IV uh, as well. Another thing on my mind, I know you guys always love to talk about QBs. I don't think Georgia necessarily should or needs to take a quarterback in 2025. I know Ryan Puglisi and Dylan Riola, they're coming in as a two-pack in the 2024 class, but I do expect there to be at least one, maybe two quarterbacks, best-case, worst-case scenario, depending on how you look at it still in the room at Georgia. So I don't know if there's an absolute need to sign a 2025 quarterback. One of the things we're going to get into in this week's show is a couple shows back before we had so much stuff going on with official visits is people wanted us, they wanted to say, Hey Jeff, can you talk about those 2025s? Can you talk about those guys that, you know, they're not the next class up yet, but some of those are committed to the dogs. And I thought that was a great suggestion, a great suggestion box section. So uh, suggestions. So we're going to have some 2025 talk in the middle of our show as well. Um, you know, one of the things I want to kind of place in front of you is one of the popular questions I get a lot is, what's the class going to look like? What's the class size? How many guys are George, is Georgia going to sign? And I think right now I feel comfortable kind of 
ballparking a 26 to 28 number right there. The number is going to go up or down depending on a couple of things. One, guys deciding to not come back, guys get graduating and deciding to move on or portal elsewhere. But the big thing here, guys, and there's a lot of them on this Georgia team that could decide, you know what, ready to go pro. And I've got that draft grade that thinks it's a good idea to go pro. And that could determine, you know, we've got on forum.dognation.com, uh, one of the things on the Sintel's DL hurry-up thread is, you know, there's probably 15, 16 names without breaking any limbs where those guys could actually go and end up being draft picks in the 2024 NFL draft as well. And the reason why I think 27 to 29 is such an interesting number is, guys, right now it is the end of June and Georgia already has 21 public commitments right there. It's crazy to think of it, but Georgia, even given like a flip here or a decommitment there, they might only have room for seven, eight, nine more names in this class. And I think that's what really makes it kind of interesting to see how Georgia is trying to push all that hay in the barn over the summer. And speaking of summer, one quick thing is this is a week for a football coach, college football coach appreciation week. I think about every Georgia coach, especially you know, the on-field coaches, those diehard recruiters, it's probably on vacation this week because this is the week where they get a break, they get some breath where you know, they can sit there after spending the whole month of June and almost most of May um, entertaining recruits, hosting them for official visits. I think you're seeing them in Cancun. You're seeing them across the pond. You're seeing a lot of coaches, not just Georgia. Every college football coach you know or think, can follow on social media you watch them on Instagram, you watch your Instagram stories, they're probably on a vacation right now. One name that comes to mind was Glenn Schumann. I think he was catching a flight on his Instagram story Sunday night. Um, and here's a number before we get into the big five. The last one, the quick five, is six. Six is the number where I would say, you know, if I had to ballpark what the best possible haul of five stars looks like right now. Remember at one point this year with guys like Sammy Brown or – Mike Matthews, other players like that, uh, Dylan Stewart. Uh, there was a chance Georgia could get up to s- seven, eight five-stars in this class. Right now, number that feels right, number that feels giveable, doable, reachable, is I think that number is six. Speaking of numbers, we've got our big five coming up right now. Now's the time where we jump into the story. We jump into the what we feel are the biggest uh, Georgia football recruiting topics right now. The first of – First of many, first of five. Let's look at it right now. We've got a graphic built right now for the top uh, decisions coming up. And, folks, I'm not even talking here about with the decisions coming up down the track. We've got some names. And these are huge grown men, big, massive human beings that are going to be on their way for uh, potentially that have Georgia as one of their finalists. And we've got about about five or six names. We're going to make sure we get to those right now. And these are the decisions up ahead where – Guys, these are on the board decided names. These are names that like, okay, I've got an official commitment date. We're going to have people around. Uh, and there's a lot of things, right? The first thing that should jump out you good, at you good people is the number of guys that are massively human beings. Look at Michael Uini out of Texas. He's the nation's number eight offensive tackle. He's got Georgia amongst his final group with Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Uh Number eight offensive tackle in the country. He just took his official visit to Georgia last weekend. Nair Daniels, folks, you're going to read a lot about him up on dognation.com. Likely tomorrow. Uh, Nair, six foot eight, 370 pounds, 86 inch wingspan, and 18 
size 18 cleats. Huge. Like when Georgia hosted him, the only player <coughs> they could think of that was bigger than him was Am- Amarius Mims. Like that's it. But of course, Amarius never weighed 370 heading into his senior year. Nair has a finalist group of Rutgers, Florida State, Georgia, and Texas. Marquez Easley out of Kankakee, Illinois, the Big Easy. Uh, Marquez Easley, July 8th. Look at these, June 30th, July 4th, July 8th. It's almost like Kirby Smart (coughs) is like an air air traffic controller at Hartsfield these days, just lining them up, scheduling them up. Maybe if these things go Georgia's way, it's going to be a bang, 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 early part of July. Fletcher Westfall, that's the guy that took his official visit to Georgia. He took his last official visit to Arkansas, number 25 offensive tackle. Look at that, number eight offensive tackle, number 11 offensive tackle, number 23 offensive tackle, number 25 offensive tackle. July 12th, Casey Poe took his last official visit to Alabama. Certainly feels like Alabama, Oklahoma will get his commitment there. Um, Number eight interior offensive line in the country. He visited Georgia back on the scavenger hunt weekend, and my, does that feel like so long ago. Number, uh, the another name on this list after mostly seeing offensive lineman, Joseph Jonah Ajanye. The last indication he gave was when he would want to make his decision was he was thinking July 12th. Now, guys, these are recruits. They can change their minds at any time. They can go a lot earlier. I'm not even beginning to talk about is the month of June a possibility for K.J. Bolden. I think it is. The month of July is a possibility for K.J. Bolden. Is the month of July a possibility for Daniel Calhoun? I think so. Uh, more major targets, but those names right there on the list were just the guys that had their names uh, on the board right there. First thing off, number two, put two fingers in the air. Your big five, number two, is I think there's some big questions that are lurking around this Georgia recruiting class that I think we don't all know the answers to yet. I don't even think the Georgia staff knows the answers to, but a lot of times in recruiting, it is a cause and effect thing. Like recently, C.J. Jackson out of Tucker committed to Georgia Tech. That brings up a question in my mind. Carter Nelson, if you guys saw it today, the young man out of Nebraska, family ties were so strong there to Nebraska. Family was diehard Cornhuskers. And there was a time, there was a time that I thought Georgia had a really strong puncher shot there at Carter Nelson. He committed to Nebraska today. Matt Rule got some good news there. Uh, and that means, like, okay, Georgia was looking at him as a pass catcher. And everybody knows about Mike Matthews. Georgia's not the leader for him, not the perceived leader there. Jeremiah J.J. Smith, I don't think any action will come on that until after the regular season at Ohio State. Brian Hartline, you hear me say it every week for all the Jeremiah J.J. Smith questions. I think that's the key to anything there with Jeremiah Smith. Will he remain in the class? You've got those pass catchers. Amari Jefferson recently visited Georgia out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I don't feel like there was a great bounce off that official visit where I think Carter Nelson has made his decision. Who's going to be the next pass catcher? I think another big topic on my mind is who's going to be the next pass catcher in this class? Georgia has Sokovi White. Georgia has Nitro Tuggle. And Georgia has, um, you know, a really good look at with Nye Carr as well. Three really good wide receivers. Well, who's going to be the next receiver that Georgia gets in this class? I think that's something that will continue to evolve. Who's going to play the edge in the 2024 class? Again, we talked about cause and effect. Georgia signed Samuel Impemba, Damon Wilson, and Gabe Harris a year ago. Some really good-looking edge prospects. I think Darius Smith, this is going to be his year to shine at Georgia as well. Marvin Jones is coming back. I don't know 
who exactly would be the best edge prospect. Maybe it's Williams Winnering, uh, who Georgia sees is kind of doing a lot of things like a Michael Williams, Trayvon Walker type player. That's the five-star out of Missouri that all of a sudden those red blinking lights seem there's a lot more buzz around Winnering and the dogs as a potential five-star add to this class. How many more offensive linemen will Georgia take? That's another really good question. You look at that board earlier with all those guys set to make their decision. That doesn't include a guy like Brandon Baker as well, who just took his official visit. How many more will Georgia take? If they can get the right ones to say yes, maybe they, they take five, which means they take, they take three more in this class. Uh, Georgia currently has two guys committed to play the offensive line. They have one silent commitment for the OL, and then – Probably the next big kind of lurking question is, does Demarcus Riddick, the five-star linebacker, stay in this class? He's been committed to Georgia since November. He took his official visit. Alabama, Auburn, don't sleep on those two programs inside the state of Alabama to try and flip uh, Justin Williams and knowing Schumann and knowing what Georgia has to offer. If they lose the nation's number two linebacker in the class, I think it creates an even bigger barn door opening for Justin Williams in Georgia, who just took his official visit, who really liked the fit at Georgia going in. Indications are that was a great official visit for Justin Williams as well between Georgia and Oregon there. That would be such a Kirby smart thing for Georgia to lose uh, the number two linebacker in the class and end up backfilling, upgrading, substituting with the number one linebacker in the country. Those are big questions. And now we're going to get to number three on our big three. Number three. Uh, trying to get through these recruiting options, recruiting notes real fast. It's the time here where we give a salute to the class of 2025. Recently, Georgia get, picked up a commitment from Tay Harris to play safety out of Cedartown High School in Cedartown, Georgia. Let's take a look right now. This is the Georgia 2025 class. Georgia currently has one, two, three, four, five, six commitments in the 2025 class. That's the number one class in the country. Folks, there's been some re-ranks lately. I don't know if you guys have been watching it as closely as I do. Elias Williams, he's made the move from Charlton County to Camden County now. He's a five-star. Micah DeBose, Mobile, Alabama. Long-time commitment to Georgia, many months now. He's a five-star now. Justice Terry out of Manchester, Georgia, a man-child who looked great at the Under Armour Future 50 along with Micah DeBose. He's now a five-star. Jaden Perlotti actually lost his five-star on the composite ratings. He's a high four-star at number 33 overall. Still committed to the class at Buford. He's taken a lot of visits, but my, certainly seems like he is going to remain a dog. Loves being a dog. And now you saw, maybe if you looked on social media, you saw that, the hangout pictures where he went to Georgia for another photo shoot with his new teammate, Dylan Riola. As well, Jabri Wallace-Cohen, that's a name you don't hear a lot, but that's a guy out of Philadelphia, the same high school that sent uh, Tyke Smith to the University of Georgia eventually. Uh, Jabri Wallace-Coleman there, number 40 overall, four-star running back. Georgia's got their eyes on a couple of other big-name running back targets in the 2025 class as well. And then, folks, don't worry about that stuff with Tay Harris right there. He's from Cedartown. He's a bulldog. He runs a 10-7. He can strike you and play physical football. He wears number 27 at Cedartown. That's Nick Chubb's college number. Nick Chubb did not wear that number in high school. But when they give 27 out at Cedartown, that guy, that means you know that that guy can play. Nick Chubb, get this, actually dropped a dime to Kirby Smart and said, you want to take Tay Harris? Tay Harris is a dog. He would fit in well. And Georgia was gleefully happy to accept his commitment over the last two weeks. Those are your 2025 commits. And, guys, 
I'm doing something here on this next one for Big Five for the fourth one up that I've never done before. I'm giving you guys a look at the top targets for 2025. This is like six months earlier. Normally, we break this out around November of twi- November of this cycle, right when the current cycle is winding down and cleaning up, taking off, winding down. But let's take a look at this right there. There are a lot of huge names on here. The initial top targets for the class of 2025, I actually built this list to go from David Sanders at the bottom. He's at a Providence Day Number two player in the country. Folks, if you want to arm wrestle, if you want to drop some comments that number one should be Elijah Griffith, Sanders should be number two. Folks, this is like trying to choose between your favorite kid or whether you want the overwater bungalow in the Maldives versus the overwater bungalow in Bora Bora for your family vacation or your anniversary trip with your wife. It does. These guys are Amazing prospects are number one or number two in the country. Both have taken many visits to Georgia. Both have built a strong relationship to Georgia. The third name right there is Naeem Offred out of Birmingham, Alabama. Georgia was a dream school growing up. Nation's number one corner. Nation's number one edge, Zion Grady. I think if I had to, if you had to ask me maybe in a two or three weeks or so, I might move Grady up to third simply because I think the edge position is something Georgia will have to double down on and the number in the, in the 2024 class. DJ Pickett, number one safety in the country. Solomon Thomas, he's out of Reigns High School. Reigns High School is the high school that sent Solomon Kinley to Georgia. Those two talk. Solomon Kinley has told Solomon Thomas about how great it is to be a dog. Another six-foot-five edge, Jared Smith out of Spain Park High School, Birmingham, Alabama. Georgia is recruiting the Dickens out of that young man. A running back, Ushmani Kroma, he averaged like 12 yards a carry as a freshman at Georgia out of Lee County High School. Juan Gaston Jr., his dad, played basketball at Georgia Tech. Looks like he's 6'8", 285. Looks like the prototype of an offensive tackle, much like David Sanders. Some folks look at David Sanders and say, you want to get him, put a little bit more weight on him. You don't like having to put a lot of weight on a lot of young men at the college level. I think David Sanders is that rare exception, that unicorn prospect. Jordan Davison, Santa Ana, California, Number one running back in the country. Potentially, guys, this would sound weird, but Georgia is also going after Nathan Frazier, his running back teammate at, at Modern Day High School out of Santa Ana, California. Be odd if the, the backfield at Modern Day eventually becomes the backfield at Georgia. Jordan Davis has taken a lot of visits to Georgia. He took four by the end of his sophomore year. He also likes Alabama. He also likes Ohio State. I like this. Sesu S.J. Olafalati out of Las Vegas. Bishop Gorman. He was in Atlanta for a rivals camp this weekend. Today, actually, he did well. Get this. SJ flew into Atlanta, at, arrived at 3 a.m. and went and camped. Uh, he was worn out by the end of his camp at the rivals camp. Uh, really likes Georgia. Georgia, at one point, uh, at one point was on his mind as a potential commitment, and he kind of held off for that. And then uh, the last name on this list, Parkview High School, Cortez Smith. He will be a three-year starter this fall for Parkview. You want to talk about a guy that could slide right into that Cedric Von Prahn, Granger-type role at Georgia as a center. I think Cortez Smith gives off those type of vibes. Really impressive young man, really put together. He's on the track team at Parkview as well. Loves to compete, loves to go compete at Alabama, loves to compete at Georgia. Guys, those are the names to look at that I think are the ones that are standing out the most right now for the class of 2025. In Athens, those are your top targets four or five months earlier than I've ever, 
kind of release thoughts on that before on Before the Hedges. And lastly, we do this every week, guys. We have in our Dog Nation conversation, we have it at the end of the, end of the Big Five, is a chance for you to get to know a current committed member of the Georgia recruiting class. I thought it was fascinating going out to meet Quintavious Johnson Jr. Uh, nobody has seen this video. It was a one-on-one conversation I had with him at Mays High School. Remember Mays High School, Natres Patrick, uh, home of BMAC. That's where BMAC Brian McClendon went to play his high school ball before moving on to Georgia. You want to get to know uh, Q is what they call him. Former quarterback. His high school coach has compared him as a quarterback to Cam Newton. It's Dog Nation conversation time on Before the Hedges brought to you by Kroger. Here we go. First of all, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Uh, Quintavious Johnson Jr. You got a middle name? Lee. Lee? Yes, sir. What do your teammates call you? Q. Q? Very original. Yes, Q-T, sir. Q-T-Z. Can you recreate the moment for me when you chose Georgia? Like, who did you call? What were the reactions? Like, when you let Georgia know you were coming, what was that like? Um, it was actually on my OV when I left out my meeting room. I had talked it up with my mom and dad, and I just felt like it was the best fit for me. Who did you tell first? Um, my mom and dad. And what were they like? And then they was just like, they knew it. They was excited. Then I had talked it up with my host, Michael Williams. Yeah, that's my guy. So we all just had talked it up. Then everybody was acting like it was a surprise. How big of a factor was, um, I guess, Natrez, who played here? Natrez Pactor, did he give you a little bit of advice about what it would like yeah. to be a dog? Um, he was just telling me, like, I just got to keep working. I'm going in the same footsteps as him, basically. You mentioned earlier that you got to thank your mom a lot for your success. Like, what's your mom's name and what she meant to your career? Um, my mom's name is Shamiri Wright. She means a lot to my career. She buys in every week, like for game days, so things in that nature. Just making sure I'm on top of my game. Quarterback to defensive end to dog. That's a pretty cool story. What was it like, the journey, man? Like, a lot of people don't want to give up that quarterback shine. But yeah. now you're committed to the back-to-back national champions. Like, Looking back on it, why did it make sense, and how do you feel how it's worked out? Um, I just had outgrew my position, basically. So, like, I had hit that growth spurt during that 10th grade summer. Then I had changed my position during midseason. Then it just felt way comfortable to me having my hand in the ground. Which which member of the Georgia staff did you tell first? Um, I want to say Coach DeRigue. What was his reaction? He was excited. It was a whole bunch of excitement. So, Georgia looks at you, and they say, maybe the end. Maybe outside linebacker. Does that depend on how much you grow and how much weight you put on? Yes, sir. And what was it like when you told Kirby? Um, Kirby was just like excited. He was like, he's nice to have me. You know how that goes. Did you camp uh, this weekend or right before you committed to? Like, when did you when did you camp? No, I had camp after my commitment. After your commitment? Yes, sir. And they, but your commitment was silent at the time, right? Yes, sir. And then basically, did they work you out in a bunch of different places? What where did they work you out at? Um, we had worked out in indoor facility after I did my seven on sevens. So yeah, that was cool. Good little work to get in. Now you were an outside backer in your seven on sevens, right? Uh-huh. I heard at the Corky Cal at Tech, your quarterback showed up late, so you played quarterback again, right? Yeah. Now coach says you were like 13 out of 16 with six touchdowns. Is that right? Yes, sir. So you remembered how to spin it, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> Man, how do you so get so athletic and so big? Were you worried about losing your speed? No, sir. It's just like all second nature. 
So as much as I gain weight, I just work it back off to get good weight, you know? What do you like best about Georgia? What do you like best about being a dog, man? And you're committed to the back-to-back -back national champs. What was the biggest reason why you chose the dogs? Because um, coming where I'm from is just big. Like being a Georgia boy and being from this side of the town is big to have a Georgia offer. A lot of people don't get that. Who do you want to join the class next, man? Is there a guy that you want to recruit, talk to? I know Ajanye was on your uh, scavenger hunt visit with you, the big guy from yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah, What do you think about that guy? Would he be a great dog? Yeah, Ajanye would be a great dog. He'll help me not get double teamed. That guy's a beast. Quintavious, um, everybody's got a story. Like, what is your story? Like, what do you want people to know? Have you ever had anything you've had to overcome in your life, any grind? Like, like if there's a 9-, 10-year-old kid out there that you would hope to inspire with your story, what would you tell them? Um, always work. Never give up. That's it. Easy and short. Just always keep working. Tell me about what you're going to look like on the field this year. Are you going to try and play around 260, 270? Like, what are you going to look like come September? Um, keeping around that range of 255. And you play a straight, like, jack-in for your team? Or do you have no, a four-man front or are you straight for here? For here, we play three down. But I'm playing from all the way from a four out to a nine. So the same thing, but without the dropping. What's your favorite part of playing the game of football? Um, just the outcome of all the hard work that you put in. Now, you don't just go get quarterbacks. I heard you're pretty talented with a digital template and with a basically graphic design. Tell me where that comes from, and then what are your dreams in that field? Um, so that's been my pathway in high school since I was in ninth grade. So just getting that good mind with my teacher and her being in a work base just helping me. Coach said that you actually helped, or actually you took some lessons from the dance instructor here at Mays to get your feet right. Yes, sir. I got to hear that, man. I've never heard that before. So, like, it's like a class that we have, like a theater class. And you do, like, you dance to jazz, all kind of all kind of um, sounds, so things of that nature. Like Usher, Chris Brown, or yeah, something like that? Yeah, things like that. So you must have a great sack dance, right? Yes, sir. What's your sack dance? Um, what would it be, man? What, what would be the best sack dance? <laughs> something like that something like that yeah what does it feel like when you go get that quarterback being a former quarterback is it different hitting the guy now see me growing up kept getting hit it's all just like get back really so it's a it's a different motor when i line up to go get that quarterback you got any goals for your senior year um just keep working and helping the guys get in school so like everyone that's looking at me everyone looking at them so just helping people around. Quintavious, I think my last question is everybody knows you now as a bulldog. What do you want people to know about you? You got a message for Dog Nation out there? Uh, I'm coming to work. Go dogs. <laughs> Quintavious, thanks for your time, man. Appreciate you. Have a great week. Yes, sir. Thanks. Hi, guys. We're back. I, I tell you, I chuckle. You catch me laughing. But <laughs> you've reached the point of being a dad when your kids watch your show. But they watch your show for like when there's a segment where I'm not continuously on the air live. And by the way, folks, if you're just joining us, we're actually live right now. I mean, I can say hi to Bubby Dean on uh, Jamie Thomas T-Bone. Uh, Taylor Russell says 65-7. So if this is a tape show, you need to talk to me on our next betting show because I've got clairvoyance tonight. Foster Moss, appreciate you uh, noting that we're back in the studio. Uh, Steve Head, I'll get to your question on YouTube. Uh, but like – the point here is my kids text me and they're like, Hey dad, great show. He's like, can I get some Xbox time right now? I see you're not too busy. 
so they know I'm not I'm not live right now because we got a segment we've got a package rolling so that's how it is I try to be a good dad and monitor Xbox time where they have to ask for permission for hours of Xbox time but then they watch the show simply to know like when they can ask for Xbox time so shout out Kyle shout out uh, Aaron shout out uh, Hannah as well uh, very humorous to hear from your family in the midst of a live program but Let's do this live show. We don't do this. We don't. Do, we haven't done this a ton yet. We're going to get started about doing a lot more live shows here, a lot more interaction. I've I've heard from really plugged in sources that you guys want to hear. You want me to answer more questions in between before the hedges, a little bit more interaction. Sometimes we tell people. People ask me, "Hey man, all I want is all I want straight recruiting news, straight insight." And we try to we kind of tap dance with a lot of things. Bryce Dixon, hey man, see you there, man. Great to see your name on the uh, comment section, Bryce. Uh, Kevin Cook, thanks for that. Uh, Kathy, Kathy, how are you doing, Kathy? Uh, let me see. A uh, couple questions about the throw. So if you guys don't know this story, so Q was actually a quarterback at Mays. He started Atlanta Public Schools program, really good program. He was 6'2", already as a freshman, 14 years old, 218 pounds, he was a dual-threat quarterback. You recall me saying earlier in the program that his head coach, uh, Tony Slayton at Mays, was the quarterback coach for Westlake High School when Cam Newton was there. And he's like, same vibe, same athlete, same type of presence. He was a sponge. He always wanted to know more. But he eventually kept growing. Now, I want you guys to look back and think about that young man you saw sprinting up and down the field at Mays High School under the blazing Atlanta sun. Well, that guy is 6'5", 256. Folks, I've been doing this for more than a minute now. You don't see too many three-stars that can move like that, that look like that. The guy looks like he has 6 to 9% body fat. I mean, that'd be inhuman, but I think 9 to 10% body fat at that weight. He runs a 4'6", high 4'6", according to the staff at Mays. But he still is an emergency fourth-team quarterback. There will be a package for him there at Mays High School, I'm told, but Get this, he was at Georgia Tech for the Corky Cal 7-on-7 seven seven this summer. And the starting quarterback or the top two quarterbacks were running a little late. They got to the camp late. They got to Georgia Tech late. And the staff's like, you know, you just can't roll up here and get to lead our team. So they said, Q, go play quarterback. Well, Quintavious was, I think I got this right, 13 out of 15, six touchdowns. He was so impressive that he's like, the Georgia Tech coaches came up to the May staff and they were like, what is he as a quarterback? Why do we not know he can throw the ball like that? That's how talented a guy Georgia kind of finds in the state of Georgia that's not really high up on the radar of anybody, but he's only been, been a defensive lineman for one full season so far. He's raw as all get out. Raw as a truck stop stake. But, like, he's a guy that you give him a year or two in Georgia, develop, Iron sharpens iron against that iron against that offensive line, and he's going to look like an NFL body. There's no doubt about that. He even told me at the end of our practices, he's like, in our interview, he's like, hey, man, you want to see me throw it? And he said he could still throw it 65, 70 yards, and that fact was uh, amen by the uh, head coach at Mays High School as well, Tony Slayton. And he's, he sets up, and he's like, well, let's, let's throw a go route, or let's, let's try and hit the pole. And, like, that's a guy that's going to play defensive end at Georgia. The amount of riches there with uh, Quintavious. Uh, uh, Kathy, I hope I answered your question. He's 6'5 in socks. He's 256. 
a lot of the recruiting industry had him at 240, but he told me he was 256. He told me that's where they weighed him in at Georgia. And his high school coach even thought he was like 260. But I hope anybody that's watching this show can attest if 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 we could we were ever 260 pounds in this life and we looked the way that Quintavious does uh, in the midst of a workout, that would be just fine. Uh, really cool story. I, like, I'd love, I wanted to get out and, and write, write his story. His story's already up on dognation.com. This week I wrote about him yesterday. But if you really want to get to know Q, learn a, lot, learn, learn a little bit more about him besides the fact that he's, a, he's the number 50-something defensive lineman and a 500 overall prospect. Folks, there are very few young men that can do all those things that he does. He learned how to dance from the dance instructor at Mays High. He played some baseball. He played some basketball. Um, worked with the track coach on his balance and on his running form. And when he opened up there on some of those striding runs there at practice, I believe on Tuesday at uh, Mays High School, it was mighty impressive. That's what we got there. I hope I got some questions answered from you guys on Facebook. Uh, Demarius Franklin, thank you for that. Uh, thank you for sharing your – watching us on Before the Hedges. Maybe we're catching you guys a little bit later tonight because we wanted to make sure we had a couple things dialed in in the studio tonight. Uh, let me know what you guys think. What do you think about uh, – do you like 8.30 is the time? Do you like 8 o'clock is the time? Inquiring minds want to know. I try to put this show on for the people. Whatever's better for you guys, please let us know, and we'll try to flex according to what you guys want to see best. That was a few questions there for uh, Facebook. Ernie Merck, how are you? Jamie Brazell, how are you going? Matt Smith, how are you? Doghouse Lawn Care, how are you? We got microphone in the face right here as I'm trying to get to some of your comments. Uh, Rhett Womack with an appropriate greeting tonight. Uh, Steve Head has a question. He wants to know, scale of 1 to 10, what would you score the chances of us landing two recruits? K.J. Bolden, Ryan Wingo. Also, have you heard any interest from Juju Lewis for the dogs? Yes, there is interest from Juju Lewis for the dogs. I think it's really early in that recruitment, even though Juju has kind of said, he's kind of told folks that he wants to have his decision made probably within the next 12 to 16 months. Uh, we've got some great stories to tell about Juju, and the time is almost now to start writing a lot about Juju Lewis as well. But, Steve, to answer your question, I, I know this seems like uh, – you've got a well-formulated question, but the way this business works when you hear things – Nobody says there's an X percent chance or there's an X scale of coming. They're either going or likely to go or that school has a little bit of a lead. There's no, like, percentages. And with young men, with teenage young men, it's really hard to kind of dabble in that. Weather forecasters would probably still have a better uh, score on a lot of these things. But, Steve, I'm trying to give proper thought, reflection on your question. I would say the chances of K.J. Bolden remain high have always been high. I would say the chances for Ryan Wingo, they've probably been better. I don't expect them to get better. I think Ryan Wingo is going to take a, long, a lot more time with his recruitment. And Ryan Wingo's a guy right now, I don't know if he's a really strong match pairing right now for Georgia. Uh, to answer your question, hope that's great. George Wrigley, how are you? Got some thoughts here about Waylon Harper. One thing I want to say, like people have, have said on Facebook, a little perspective here I'm trying to add is I'm seeing like, oh my gosh, it's been, it's been a while. We're not hearing any steam. We're not hearing any juice on the recruiting trail. I think since Dylan Riola committed to Georgia, middle of May, there have been 
11 commitments, 10 commitments, counting one in the 2025 class. There have been some silent commitments made. I think no one – I think no one will be asking that question or no one will be sharing those thoughts by July the 20th. I think you guys are going to be like Joey in his uh, Thanksgiving sweatpants on the Friends Thanksgiving episode where you got your turkey pants on. I think you guys will back away from the commitment table and you'll be like, all right, I'm stuffed. That's enough. There's a lot of news to come in the month of July when all your favorite recruiting reporters will be on vacation. Uh, Randy Payne, man, hope things great out there in Tifton. And with that, uh, that lady that is the apple of your eye as well. Uh, James Richards, hey, Steve, I hope you like that answer to your question. I mean, that's just the most honest way I could, I could share that with you. Um, Mike Thomas, thanks for that. Thomas T-Bone, thanks for that. So, guys, interaction in the middle of it, kind of like your favorite peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We got a little bit of interaction in the middle. You've heard from Q... Quintavious tonight, you've got 2025 targets, you've got 2025 commitment board, you've got big questions that I still think need to be resolved with this class that are kind of going to go down the track and will carry over into the fall. And you got a big update on names on the board that are set to make their decisions very, very soon. It's an exciting time to be covering Georgia football recruiting. That's the special stuff. That's what we bring out as your recruiting maitre d' tonight now. Here's our table stakes. It's what you get every time you come to Before the Hedges. You want to know who are those top targets, who's moving up, who's moving down, who are the guys that are on the radar for Georgia that have Georgia on their radar as well. Well, asking you shall receive. Here's the latest uh, from all that. We start – definitely don't want to start out of order. We start with the class breakdown. You see it every week. Uh, And you've got currently the offensive class – Three-star Marcus Harrison, three-star Malachi Tolliver, three-star Colton Heinrich, uh, four-star Jaden Riddell. Looks like the tight ends will remain static there with the decision made by Carter Nelson. I don't anticipate a flip of Landon Thomas whatsoever. I don't think that's been a consideration for somebody that really follows this stuff closely for a while now. Nicar, Nitro Tuggle, Sokovi White. Uh, Nitro Tuggle, a little quick bit of, bit of insight. You do not want to play that guy in one-on-one basketball. That guy is a demon going up to get a ball, and he is also a demon on the basketball court. Really wicked outside shot. Three-point land. Uh, the two running backs, Chauncey Bowens, Florida flip. Dwight Phillips Jr., he was in town in Athens recently as well. That's the young man with 10.23 times speed in the 100 meters. Your quarterbacks are Dylan Riola, Ryan Puglisi. If you guys want to know everything from A to Z about Mr. Puglisi and Mr. Riola, go to our Dog Nation YouTube channel. Subscribe to that thing. You got, I think I put together nine videos, eight videos from uh, the Elite 11 out in L.A. Strong conversation, strong perspective on both of those. There are videos of both their pro day with some analysis there as well. And that's your offensive side of the ball. Currently one five-star. Here's your class breakdown. This is the loneliest graphic in Miss Kaylee Mansell's arsenal every week. Drew Miller hanging out by himself. Uh, the number one punter in the country. Punters get no love. He is a three-star recruit. He has no rankings uh, nationally, but he is the number one punter in the country. Drew Miller, a very special guy, uh, can help Georgia as a holder really quickly out of the gate as well. And a rare Georgia recruit out of the state of Iowa. That's your 2024 special teams class breakdown. And then I'm going to tell you, the challenge this week was trying to fit a lot of big men 
into a very short space. Like you want to see what is the telephone booth here for a graphic artist, a graphic designer. Well, that's what that DL spot looks like right there. Justin Green, Jordan Thomas, and then the dogs add Quintavious and Nyamandi Okboko over the last week. So that's like, let me see, 6'4", 270, 6'5", 320, 6'5", 256, and 6'4", 340. Nyamandi is actually just 17 years old. Been playing football for only about two years. There's the five-star Demarcus Riddick. And then those are a lot of these guys here that Georgia on defense is playing defense with the commitments. You got Peyton Woodyard. He visited Ohio State. He visited Alabama recently. Uh, he visited USC recently in his home state in California. Jalen Hayward recently visited Central Florida and Miami. Some of the most interesting official visit or visit photo pics you'll ever see is I think Jalen A.P. Hayward was wearing a Stormtrooper mask in a Miami uniform. On his social media, I think he had – remember that Jim Carrey movie, The Mask? I think he was wearing one of those. It was interesting to see what the U is doing with some of their official visit picks. And then Ellis Robinson and DeMello Jones. Alabama is foaming at the mouth to get either of those guys to lock down receivers. I still think those are very solid, strong commitments there to the dogs. That's your 2024 class breakdown. And then you have the most impressive, the most award-winning – Recruiting snapshot, I mean, really, if we could find a sponsor like Canon for this, this would be the Canon snapshot. You've got 13 out-of-state commits, eight in-state commits. If you're wondering why that number looks a little bit more uh, more in line, uh, it's the move from Dylan Riola. One of the many things that Dylan Riola's move to Buford did is it makes the dog nation before the hedges graphic that teeter-totter looks a little bit better with the state when you move Dylan Riola from the state of Arizona to the state of Georgia. That's one way for Kirby Smart to sign the number one player in the state of Georgia this cycle is just to have the number one player in the country move in. 11 guys on offense, nine on defense. It's number one nationally. 21 commitments are currently in the class publicly. 14 commitments are in the SEC footprint. Seven commitments are beyond the SEC footprint. The state with the most commits is Georgia. I think that number's now up to seven. Uh, there's four offensive players among the 10 highest-rated commitments. If you guys can name those, uh, pretty simple along with me. One of them is Riola. One of them is Dwight Phillips. One of them is Jaden Riddell. And then the other one is Nye Carr. Those are the offensive commitments among the top 10. We have that graphic up every week because Georgia's class needs to get more offensive in this cycle. It's one of those things I stress each and every week, I was stressing this back in November. Georgia just went bonkers on the defensive side of the ball in 2022 and 2023. That's why with guys like Riola, Riddell, Phillips, Georgia needed to definitely balance out the talent in the program with a lot of sticks of dynamite on offense. You've got three five-star commits in the class. You've got four top 50 commits in the class. Uh, you've got Nine top 100 commitments, staggering to have this already for Georgia in the month of June. There are 13 top 150 commits. That's why, guys, Georgia has the number one class in the country by far right now. That is your 2024 recruiting snapshot. And top targets time. Number one, K.J. Bolden. I don't know what, what else needs to be said. K.J. Bolden, uh, now teammate with Riola. At Georgia, the whispers on the recruiting trail is that decision. Uh, that's 
the sands of that hourglass are starting to get very, very thin. Uh, Joseph Jonier just took an amazing official visit to Georgia. Christopher Jones now moves up all the way to number three. There was a time when a lot of people thought Christopher Jones was heading to Florida. Uh, Nathan Frazier, the number one running back in the country, according to someone on three. Ohio State, Alabama are lurking there. Nathan just took a visit to uh, Alabama. Justin Williams, he now moves up to number five. That's the highest position he's been on the top targets list. Daniel Calhoun out of Marietta, Georgia. Seems like Georgia has been recruiting Daniel Calhoun as a priority for the longest time. Uh, he's been around and he's been a name to know for so long in the state of Georgia. Williams Winery, that name keeps climbing up the list. He's now up to number seven. Dog Nation will hope it's lucky number seven eventually for Williams Winery. That's another guy that I could see making his decision in the month of July as well. A lot of these guys are just ready to go. They're ready to get it done. Nair Daniels out of Bergen Catholic in Oradell, New Jersey. Here's a little interesting factoid about Nair, guys. He is six. Eight and 370 pounds, and he ran a 5-5 in the 40. You guys don't know how interesting that is. You watch his film. You watch the way he works up to the second level. His coaches at Bergen Catholic want him to get up, get down to 330. I'm sure anybody that takes his commitment would love to see him at 330 and 6'8 with that 86-inch wingspan. Nair Daniels, folks, if he gets down to 330, he's going to look like a Ferrari or a Lambo getting to that second level, climbing upfield, removing those backers. Uh, love that the guys around Bergen Catholic call Nair Daniels the pain train. Super nicknames. You guys know I'm a fan of nicknames. Aiden Breland, another modern-day guy out of uh, Santa Ana, California. Justin Scott. That's a guy, folks, that I think Georgia's Chances for there remain strong. I'm not going to say they're the outright leader of the team to watch, but everything that I'm hearing, every, the people I pay really close attention to says, Justin Scott in Georgia is definitely more than a thing than most people might think. And last on the list, Chris Cole, the other guy that just took his official visit to Miami, visited Georgia recently. Guys, those are your top targets. Now it's time to go off the radar uh, to see those, game, those names that are just lurking right around there. We mentioned an air traffic controller uh, merit metaphor or parallel earlier in the show. Well, these are the names that are on the radar screen. They're just not kind of parked where I think they're a persons of key interest right now in the class or persons of the highest interest right there. You've got Michael Yeeney out of Copperas Cove, Texas. Again, guys, starting from the bottom, he's a guy that's going to make his decision on June the 30th, just two days away. Brandon Baker, the name up top on just off the list. He just took his official visit to Georgia this past weekend. Ethan Calloway is another name. You're looking at him. A decision with him could be expected as well. He's out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Hear a lot of LSU talk with Ethan Calloway. Marcus Marquez Easley, he was the guy that famously uh, set his official visit to Georgia back in February, visited on the first weekend in June, had a commitment date set for late in the fall, and then after his Georgia official visit, moves his commitment date to July the 8th. That was on the list of the upcoming big decisions, the upcoming big grown man decisions we were talking about. And he recently released the top three, and Georgia wasn't in the top three. Very intriguing there. Uh, Marquise Lightfoot, Marquez Easley, LJ McCray, that could come down to a Georgia-Florida battle. Cam McHale out of Statesboro, phenomenal player, three-sport athlete. 
He's going to take his decision well into 2024. Uh, DeAndre Robinson, Jordan Ross. Jordan Ross is a name that has ebbed and flowed a lot as maybe he's the potential edge in this class. You know, Dylan Stewart, a name that's not on that list. Uh, put Georgia in his top five recently, but, you know, South Carolina, Ohio State seem to be the teams there. William Satterwhite's a nice-looking interior offensive line center prospect out of Ohio. Still got Jeremiah Smith on there <clears throat> for those that want to keep that flame burning. Fletcher Westfall, mentioned him earlier in the big man decisions. He's going to make his decision on July the 10th. Just off the list, those are the names um, to watch. Um Shahid Huckabee, how are you? Uh, Alan Hampton, how are you? Um, let me see. Steve had, hope you like that question. Uh, Tavares Grissom says, if Bolden commits, do you believe Woodyard will flip? I don't think uh, w the decision that K.J. Bolden could potentially make to choose Georgia, I don't think that will have any indicator on Peyton Woodyard. Peyton Woodyard loves the dogs. Uh, Peyton Woodyard has some strong family ties to Alabama. His dad grew up in Alabama. Um, a lot of family that are Crimson Tide fans all the way. But for Peyton Woodyard, probably from since his second visit to Georgia, he knew Georgia was the place. And as much as we talk about Brian Hartline in Ohio State is a guy that is a key connector with a lot of big-name talent in, in the Ohio State program, I think that guy, for a lot of guys, is Fran Brown. To me – Georgia keeps Fran Brown in the house as the cornerbacks coach, the secondary coach on the staff, doing phenomenal work so far in his second season at Georgia. I think Fran Brown is a very key conduit towards the eventual signatures of both Ellis Robinson and uh, Peyton Woodyard. I think that's the biggest single key factor. Um, Alan Hampton, I'm sorry about that. The graphics are a little blurry, blurry but legible except the last recruiting snapshot and it's still not good on your end. Folks, give me some feedback on that. We love the suggestion box stuff as we try to create the best show for you guys possible. Please let me know if uh, you guys all have some issues with the graphics. Um, let me see. Bouncing around, I'm trying to make sure. See some comments there about um, everybody was impressed with Quintavious Q. Johnson. Becky Rutledge, K.J. Bolden has not set a commitment date. Marshall Colbert wondering about some five-star receivers. Kathy Equavia Green wants to see the safety. See you're going through some football withdrawal tonight. Uh, Robert Mahoney. Uh, yeah, Chris Cole is Bob Marley's grandson. I think his uncle was uh, Rohan Marley who played at uh, Miami as well. Uh, Randy Hall, <clears throat> question about Nate Frazier. I, simply put, I think Georgia's best chance with a remaining running back would be Nate Frazier. One interesting thing that to note there is he took an unofficial visit to Georgia in the month of June, and he's still holding an official visit to Georgia that he said he wants to take during this season. Guys. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a few more uh, few more uh, moments to get your questions in. Hope you guys like the live show. We're trying to give you guys everything you could possibly want with a roller coaster ride and amusement park of all things Georgia football recruiting. We've had lists. We've had charts. We've had perspective. We've had opinion. 
Uh, we've had the prettiest graphics you'll ever see this side of George Lucas and CGI Skywalker Ranch. So now we got live show. We got a live interaction. So please keep those questions coming. Do want to say I certainly appreciate everybody that I love seeing all these familiar names. I love seeing the people that show up and support this show um, so many times, often, often and always on Wednesday nights, guys like Kathy, guys like folks like Kathy, Bryce Dixon, Tom Lavelle, the names. We're so thankful that you guys decide. Like I say all the time, you guys can be anywhere on a Wednesday night. You could be streaming. You could be watching your favorite show. You could be binge watching some Game of Thrones. You could be watching some House of the Dragon finally because you're so worn out that you got to watch some new House Game of Thrones content. Whatever you, you could be doing, the fact that so many of you guys decide to be a part of Before the Hedges each and every week, I can't tell you how much that means to me. I can't tell you how much it means to us um, to be able to put together a program like this for you guys. Um, a lot of this stuff I don't even end up writing anymore. A lot of this stuff you guys hear about it before I write it. You get glimpses before I write it. You guys see things before they go up on the YouTube channel. And I think that's a good way to kind of tie in. My work is an objective, down-the-line reporter with also a lot of things that are going on in the recruiting world that are not quite not, quite not yet news. Uh, my man, Y Squared, uh, I tell you, I like I like the shot Georgia now has with Williams Winery. I do. Uh, for him to take his official visit and then to come back for an unofficial visit, for him to be on his official visit to Missouri, his home state school, and for him to rearrange uh, his visit where it doesn't end before the dead period or on the dead period, it gives him a chance to come down to Atlanta. Now, he has family in Atlanta. Folks, that might be another key thing to think. You know, I like hearing the fact that the number one defensive lineman in the country and the number two overall prospect in the country, according to several sites, has family in Atlanta. You want to know a little bit else? You know, Jaden Riddell, he lives about 20 miles, 30 miles away from uh, from williams area, Missouri. That's a guy that's in his ear as well. It would be crazy that uh, <laughs> William Gleaton, good talk. Glenn, William Gleaton with some good stuff there. He wants to – he has some feedback on the graphics. He just wants the font a little bit better because I love the honesty here. William says, the graphics are good, but the font could be a little bigger. None of us are getting any younger. Good stuff there. Uh, Marshall Colbert wants some questions. Why is Ohio State and Bama snatch all the five-star receivers? Well, basically, NFL production. They have measurables. They get guys into the NFL. Like some of the NFL guys I talk to that, you know, want to know about prospects and they want to know the backgrounds on the prospects they're looking at. They tell me that the NFL now is such a metrics, measurables, testing league. Everybody's going to make plays. Everybody's going to be dynamic. Everybody's going to have great film that's on their board. They want to see guys that, that can do all that and then jump better than anybody they have in their locker room and run faster and be explosive. That's why those guys uh, from Alabama and Ohio State are getting picked because they get some of the best receivers in the country. They feed them the ball. They season them. And I'm going to tell you this, those things you're saying right there about five-star receivers in Alabama and Ohio State, let me tell you what the rest of the country is saying about Georgia. They're saying Georgia and corners, Georgia and defensive linemen, Georgia and offensive tackles, Georgia and tight ends, Georgia and linebackers, Georgia and edge rushers. That's what they've been saying about the University of Georgia for the last three or four years. And 
if you can have some yin and yin and yang and you got to I'll use a phrase my grandmother used to say if you got to you know rob Peter to pay Paul or whatever you've got a guy like there that you've got a program that is nailing it with the NFL development they're nailing it with the winning on the field they're nailing it with a culture of development and you've got guys going to the league putting guys in the league more than any other sure wide receivers are going to be a problem I think that is the most glamorous most unscratched itch in Georgia recruiting uh, that folks want to see happen but you get elite production from a five-star level um from some of the guys that I think you're going to see five-star production out of Dominic Lovett this year. I think some of the receivers George is bringing in, Yazid Haynes, I think Anthony Evans the third. I think in the 2024 class, guys like Nitro Tuggle, those guys are as talented as anybody Georgia has signed since George Pickens, and you're talking about a true five-star there. And even when Georgia had a five-star in George Pickens, they had an injury. They had a situation where you didn't always have him on the field for the bulk of his career. So – that's a good way to look at that. Hopefully that answers your questions. Um, guys, it has been another Wednesday night. Hope you guys like the tweaks to the program. I hope you like the Quintavious. Now, I'm going to tell you, I know you think, hey, Jeff just pops out these stories every week. That was a whoa moment for me going to Mays High School earlier this week where it's kind of like just when you think you saw it all, you see a guy 6'5", 256 that – Georgia, with all these trench monsters and all these, they're in, a, they're in fighting chances, strong chances, got a good shot with guys like Justin Scott still, and they got Jordan Thomas, and they got really impressive players for their defensive front. They got Justin Green. They're in the, in the steel cage match with Williams and Winery. I guess the biggest competition for Georgia now with Winery would be uh, Oklahoma. And – you're getting all these guys, the national guys that's on everybody's watch list, the All-Americans, the top 100s, the top 125 guys. And then they can go find a guy that Trey Scott noticed him last June for over a year and then saw junior film and then went and saw, went and saw him this spring and then watched him work out in camp this summer. And then all of a sudden, it's time to be a dog. They get a guy that looks like that that can throw the football, that is such a great athlete, that is so well put together. And did you see that joker move on the football field? I kept watching that tape because I was like, man, these eyes do not see these things all the time. We're talking about a three-star recruit here on Before the Hedges, and I think he's a guy that folks are going to look back in a few years, and they're going to say, wow, how did Georgia do that? Uh, Becky, thank you for your kind comment. Barry, thank you for the, the, their, that kind, kind comments as well. Guys, it has been Before the Hedges. That has been your intel. I want to say thank you so much. If you've liked anything on this program, consider giving it a like. Consider giving a subscribe to our YouTube channel. Consider sharing it on your Facebook feed or whatever. Or just how about this? You decide to come back here next Wednesday night like so many folks have as well. And I'll call that. I'll call us even and call us all square on that. I'm Jeff Sintel. It's been Wednesday night live before the hedges here from the Dog Nation Studios. I'm here in Brandon's doghouse right here tonight. I want to say thanks you guys for joining us. That's been your intel. I'm Jeff Sintel, and we'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com. And all you podcasters out there, thanks you guys for joining us as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's
let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. 